Hello everybody, May has just begun and Fellows has already had his first group race victory of the season while Scott has banged in a two-year-old winner that's shaped like an Ascot type. Yes, the turf season is very much underway and the Guineas weekend is almost upon us. A warm welcome to George and Charlie off the bridle. George Scott, Charlie Fellows and myself, Tony Rushmer, ready to fill the room with hopefully some great horse racing chat and perhaps the odd steer towards a winner or two. We're also going to be joined by a brilliant guest in Emma Banks, agent to many a music star and of course, owner of the wonderful race mare, Lady Bothorpe. It's all coming up in Series 5, Episode 3 of the Racing Podcast, partnered by our pals at Fitstairs. George, Charlie, greetings. As I mentioned at the top of the podcast, April group success and a two-year-old triumph to talk about. Charlie, start us away by regaling us with details of Grand Alliance's comprehensive 18-to-1 success in the John Porter at Newbury. I mean, it's hardly on a par, is it? I can't believe you opened that with Chuck Fellows' group race success. Oh, and George, by the way, trained a two-year-old winner. First time out. I don't care, George. It's a two-year-old winner at Pontefract. It's not even come close to my group winner. You just have to make him feel better, Tony, for Christ's I sake. I feel great. No. I'm feeling great training three times in the strike rate. No, I still don't training care. At 6%. Come and join me at the group one tracks. Come and join me, mate. I'd, I'd love to see you. Talking about a group race winner in April. What a flying start to the season, Charlie. You must have been thrilled to see Grand Alliance win in such good, good style. Yeah, it was... It was thoroughly enjoyable, Tony. And Max Vega, who is an absolute rock-solid yardstick on that ground, finished third, a well-beaten third. Well-beaten. Farhan is a very good horse on soft ground. Very good horse on soft ground. And we demolished them. No, you did. Are you, you, we we did a, didn't do a tap in, in front. We veered halfway across track. I mean, he's a 10-length winner if he stays straight. But he doesn't stay straight. We doesn't know matter. that about him. Doesn't matter. He's a bandit. Yeah. But he's a good bandit on his day. And I have to admit, when you lined up in that race in the morning, I thought, what a hard horse to place this year. You know, wh- wh- where's he going to go? This, this looks too deep for him. And it didn't at all. He, he took them apart. Really good ride. Really good ride from James. Very good ride from James. And he gets, he understands the horse, which is not easy to do, but he, it was a brilliant ride from James. And, a, and look, and a willing partner, like all jokes aside, you know, I, I am, I have tongue in cheek, you know, obviously a couple, a couple of the main protagonists didn't turn up. They don't look like they'll turn up again. A couple of those horses. No, he looks done Hurricane Lane, doesn't he? He's been disappointing now a couple of times and you know, you took, you took, you took advantage of it. Yeah. Thankfully we, yeah, we got an interview afterwards. You've got this thing when you interview now that you said, it's like a fly in the top left hand corner of the screen. I hate eye contact. Yeah. Look, the, I hate eye it's contact. Awful. I it's like, do it. you're sort of pondering, you like looking up at the sky. I'm like, what's this guy looking at? And like looking up, <laughs> gazing into I, the thing. I hate eye Considering contact. Considering someone I can't that loves the it. sound of their own voice, you're terrible at interviewing. I can't do eye contact. I talk, I mean, what comes out is great value, but just the actual. Very strange. I, oh, I, com- I completely agree. I know it's an issue. Okay, well, maybe Tony, we should do some media training with him yeah. because he's letting himself down. He's training a few winners again and he can't do an interview. I completely you, agree. You've got to have a bit of eye contact. I, can't, I do not work eye contact. On that. I get very uncomfortable, he's Tony. He's shifty be, as hell. You'd be surprised to hear that I'm actually quite shy. Are you, though? Sorry? Would you say you're a shy No, on a serious note, are you a shy person? I'd say I take a lot, a lot of warming up. So I do think I'm quite shy. I think my I think funny that, isn't it? I think my wife would say I'm shy. 
Definitely. You're, you're, you're shy and retiring, aren't you, George? I am. I am. You're, you're two-year-old then who won in such good fashion first time up. And you did actually flag it on the last podcast. I you think did I didn't. I give did us not... an indicator that he may well run. I think you said he might be going to Brighton or something. Oh, did I? The yeah, no, that's good. Colt, I know said. I mentioned the other horse. Yeah, he's, he's a nice horse and he did everything wrong. As Charlie said, you know, it's a pointy frat maiden. But it's nice to have, or to, it's nice to get off to a positive start when we're so two-year-old orientated this year. We just worked a bunch of two-year-olds this morning, actually, and you know they look like there's some some half useful horses. So there's a lot lot to look forward to. He did actually flag him up. He did, but he did tell us it wouldn't win first time out. So he's <laughs> put I? all of our listeners oh, away. Oh gosh, yeah. So you so, did say it was nice though. I to give it fair. So they've probably ignored you and backed it. So where do they? So your lad Charlie first. Where does Grand Alliance run next? And then George, where does Billy Webster run next? Charlie Grand Alliance will either go to the Grand Prix du Chanty which is Dar- English Derby weekend, the Sunday. Or... That would be a great track for him, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, but it's, they're right-handed. Right. They're, all the races this summer for him are on right-handed tracks, which means he's just going to drift and drift and drift. And if it's a big, wide track, we're in trouble. He is a monkey, isn't he? Uh, well, have you tried a pricker on him? No, I haven't tried a pricker I've had some quite a lot of success with prickers. Are we... Yeah. Just illuminate everyone. Pricker. I, I could do it. Yeah. Charlie yeah. loves a pricker. <laughs> go on. Pricker. What is a George, pricker? George, do not go. You are, no. That is thin ice. Do not go down that road. Can we just um, clarify? A pricker is just basically a brush, piece of brush, which you put on, on the bit ring, a kind of thing on the bit ring of, the, um, of a horse that has a tendency to drift one way, but is a sound horse in his training and trotting up for the vets. It's not like you're trying to, you can't adjust a lame horse who's hanging away from pain. But a pricker is a brush and literally it just sits on the side of their face and just puts a little bit of pressure on. And often if they, to begin with, they often kind of, once they've had it on a few times, they completely ignore it, but they can just, it just can straighten them out. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, you can run in it. You don't have to declare in it, you know. Well, does he do it at home, Charlie? No, no, no. doesn't do it at home. No. It might be worth trying. It's, Will you apply a pricker having heard a tip from Scott there? It's definitely worth looking at. As I said, he doesn't do it at home, so it's very difficult to try and sort out. But uh, but as I said, a lot of the races for him this summer are on right-handed tracks, which is where his te- tendencies. wayward tendencies are amplified. If you're left-handed, at least there's a rail there kind of to stop him. Does he stop when he gets to the rail or does he want to plow no, on no, through no, the no. rail? Oh, because he looked like he was kind of leaning down onto that rail. No, I think I think he's no, I think he stops and straightens and then runs on again. He's a talent. He's a he's a talented horse for sure. Or Hardwick. Sorry, Hardwick was the other one, but uh, probably France. Billy Webster. Before you, you you might want to be thinking about Ascot. He'll go straight. He'll go probably go straight to Ascot just because he's a tall horse and he's gone like taking the run hard enough. And I actually, you know. I know exactly what you, where you know coming from about that t- that caliber of race and comparing it to Asker, it's very early doors. But I think he's a nice horse, and he's actually been sold. He's actually been sold to 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 for, to, to to go to Asker, and they're they're keen to start his season again at Asker and move on from there. So. And George is keen to keep the dream alive. Yeah, we've so got to keep the, the dream last alive. thing that he wants to do is run it again. No, he's new been, owners. He's been bought to go to Asker to run Asker. So you know, that's what race would he go for? Well, I mean. It's, you know, we'll see how he's training, but I made the mistake. I cost myself probably an Ascot winner by bottling the Norfolk with Rocket Rodney. He would have won the Norfolk. The form is, has worked out poorly. Um, the Windsor Castle, we bumped into Little Big Bear. Is that the Big race Bear. that Fahey won with the Riddler? Yeah. And then we be- we got beat by Little Big Bear. Yeah. We, would have, we would have won the Norfolk. And funnily enough, 
it often is the case that the Norfolk is a short field and the Windsor Castle form is stronger as the season bears out because everyone's thinking, oh, the Norfolk, you know. Mm. So we'll see. Hopefully I'll, have, hopefully I'll have other horses for, um, you know, I'll have another couple of horses for, for those races. Lots going on across our sport. What else has grabbed your attention in the last week or two? Um, start, start with you, George. Well, I mean, Paul Nichols breaking his own prize money record is just an extraordinary feat, in my opinion. And I just think, you know, I, I know I messaged earlier in the week, so I'd just love to just mention him. He just is a remarkable competitor. You love Paul Nichols, don't you? I re- well, this I, isn't the first time you've mentioned him. No. Is he on the payroll? <laughs> he probably doesn't know who I am despite me working for him. <laughs> But I just, I just have huge admiration for his hunger. You know, he, he just, you know, he is obsessed with what he does and he doesn't have all the tools. He, he's just an incre- incredible placer of horses and, and his you, appetite is just frenetic. What do you mean he doesn't have all the tools? Well, he, you don't think he gets the creme de la creme? No. Really? No, well, he, does, he doesn't. Uh, that's a genuine question. I genuinely no, no, don't know he, the answer. He, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't get, he doesn't, you don't see him with these hundreds and hundreds of thousand pounds. Every time there's a sale on, it's not Paul that's getting them. It could be it's a variety Gordon, of other trainers. Willie and Nikki. Yeah, well, I'm not saying Paul doesn't get expensive horses, but it's not like the Willie Gordon factor by any means where they buy the best horses out of every sale. You know, Paul, Paul finds horses from all over the place. There's good people buying them for him. But it's just a way he campaigns his horses. They just improve all the way through the year and they just keep winning all the way through the year. And, you know, to be champion trainer, what? Is it 17 times? Or is that Willie? That's Willie, I think, actually. But anyway, I just think he's an amazing guy. And also, I just find his interviews just, you always learn something from what he says. Fair enough. Anything grabbed your eye? We've had the trials of late. We could either uh, look back on them or look forward to the guineas, whichever you want to do. Can I just say one thing about the bloody, the Craven? Broke my heart into a million pieces, the Craven. The Kodiak course. Which one? What? Of um, Carl Burke. Indestructible. One, indestructible. What about it? I loved him at the sales. Like, obsessed with him and uh, he was like no one wanted like Ro- roger from tally ho said oh yeah you can buy him for 60 grand he didn't been and i was throwing him around to everyone and i've got old messages please can we buy this horse and everything i just i just adored the horse he was just one horse at the sale that i loved and to so you know to what, see you him, put it you loved it put it up to as many owners as but no, no one bit. I, I, no i just i didn't know no one bit no Really so painful. Then he went to Breeze and he made 180, but he was sore after his Breeze. Yeah. He was lame after the Breeze. And yeah, but he was just an, I mean, even I was down in town and I saw the Tally Ho boys and I remember we was getting a Greg's for the lads and they were all huh. sat there having breakfast. I said, lads, what about this Kodiak? He said, it's my favorite horse in the whole draft. And they said, yeah, he's a lovely horse. I which, just, sorry, which sale? Which book sale? two. He was in book two. Oh, it was a yearling and they didn't sell it. And they didn't they sell it. it. They, they didn't, Rog said, he didn't sell and Rog said, you can have him for 60. And I didn't have 60 for him. So they breezed him. Oh, so and he made 180 at the breeze. He made 180, but he was sore after the breeze. He was probably a 250 horse after he breezed. So it's just one of those, everyone's got those stories, but it, you know, it's quite close to home, that horse. That, that brings us nicely onto the 2000 guineas, actually, because he did win quite smartly and it was a great trials week for ammo racing. Um, they've, they've got runners in both the 2000 and the 1000, haven't they? And you'd have to say Indestructible's an each way player, wouldn't you? I thought that was quite, quite a smart performance, that. Yeah. Would, yes, yes, sorry, yes, I'm not playing down Indestructible in the slightest. I just, I think Aiden is sitting at home with his feet up on his, well, no, he probably doesn't have his feet up because he works unbelievably hard, but he's sat, sat at home watching his string canter up his beautiful gallops and I'd say he's not quaking in his boots. The only thing about the two Aiden horses is one, you've got 
Augusta Rodan, 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 who obviously is probably an out and out Derby horse. And you know, if he can win the guineas, he's he's a nap for the for, for for the triple crown if that's the commercially the they the way they want to go. And Little Big Bear's been off a hell of a long time and showed a hell of a lot of speed as a juvenile. So he do, he does have a little bit of grey area with both with both horses, but yeah. two two unbelievably talented horses. And the trials haven't, I mean, and it was so unlucky. He, 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 no one could have stayed on because, you know, the tiny little foot in the thing pop, popped it out. Boom. He ducked out, popped his foot out, ducked out left at the same time. And no matter what, I know a few people say, oh, but, but, but bollocks. We had no chance of staying on that horse. I was, it is so brutal as well. I was at Newbury that day and I had a runner in the race after Atrium was running in the handicap. And as I was walking across to get the saddle, Frankie was walking back in. Oh, there's in. a picture of you in the racing post. Yeah, Frankie was walking <laughs> yeah. back in like this. And people, the number of people that were going up to me, like, oh, unlucky Frank. And I just was like, oh, if that was me, I just want to lamp someone. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a picture too, because there was a picture of Frankie walking yeah, back to the way and fellows yeah. big stood in the corner. Yeah. Sort of. Am I wrong to think about Royal Scotsman as the each way valley, beaten ahead in the Dewhurst by Chaldean? And I like the way he was he was running on that day. Am I another furlong will suit? Am I wrong to think that he's the price? All. Not no, at all. Big player. I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. And I actually think I think there's more progression in him over the winter that I'd rather be on him than Chaldean put it that way exactly my um, and Chaldean he might prove everyone wrong but I just remember him being very small in the Dewhurst and I don't know whether he's grown or anything and I know Frank was a number of so maybe it won't make any difference you're talking about whatsoever. Chaldean here Chaldean yeah, being yeah. small uh, but yes, I couldn't agree more. I was very impressed with Royal Scotsman. And if he's improved at all over the winter, he's a big, big player. So if you were taking on O'Brien, you'd be looking in the direction of the coal source? I think so. I really, I wouldn't be surprised if Rogers' horse ends up being one of the best, highest rated horses in that race. Commonwealth but Cup. Commonwealth Cup. So, I yeah. just, I think everyone agrees that he's probably a sprinter. Philly's race, um, the Moyglare looks the piece of form, doesn't it? Tahira beat Meditate that day, and goodness, she looked amazing Gosh. that day. She just looked like a freak of nature that oh. day. I, I see she got the green light today. I think the Phillies probably um, is more exciting of the two this year with uh, Meditate there as well. Do you, Having said that you think perhaps August Rodan could be a triple crown horse, you think the Phillies race... I think it's a great launch pad for Augusto Rodin because I, like you, think he could be the horse to follow through the year. Well, I'm, like, deep be, impact, going to get better for a trip. Fantastic. If he wins Saturday, yeah. what a prospect he'll be for the rest of the year. No, I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying the Phillies just, you know, there's probably more more, more answers there. And, you know, it's, you, you've probably got a better idea of trying to find the winner in the Phillies race. She was unbelievably impressive that day. That If she turns up like that again... She'd love a drop of rain, wouldn't she? But yeah, I think we're going to get it, aren't we? I, I think, think there's a little bit around. There's rain through yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Not loads, but there is bits. Yeah. And the ground just isn't drying out just yet, like as it would in the summer. You know, you go out, it's very wet in the morning still. So that, that, what, that the ground will hold. It should be beautiful ground. A little bit weekend. of ease. Be no no complaints ground. No. No. Wonderful. That's enough of all of our opinions. It's high time that we welcome our marvellous guest, Emma Banks. Emma, as I'm sure most of our listeners well recall, 
owns Lady Bothorp, who proved one of the most popular flat race horses of recent times. Trained here in Newmarket by William Jarvis, Lady Bothorp appeared at just about all the major meetings of 2021, running in a series of big races. Uh, and of course, her wonderful win in the Group 1 Nassau Stakes at Glorious Goodwood is still talked about to this day. Emma, welcome. Hi. George. Hi, Em. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure. Nice to see your new house. I know. Well, um, I was just about to say this is as close as I'm going to let you get to Charlie. <laughs> he's been he's been trying he's been trying flat out for the last three years and finally he's got in a no, room do you know with what her. the most annoying thing is is actually George keeps on coming out you can I think Emma will have a horse with you you I'm you know, I'm happy with it you should just ring her you know sadly she hasn't quite sadly gone, gone through it me out one day it will one it day. will one day it's my goal to have a horse with you oh, Charlie you know God, for you if that's your goal and uh, as we discussed this <laughs> well it's not have a winner with you so that's <laughs> well plenty of winners last year I mean the big thing honestly is if you can get a horse lower rated than oh, George has managed to do here we yeah. go I mean can you get a horse rated lower than 43 well I mean we is, give is it, it a possible go. That's the question. It is possible, but that's the lowest one I've had so far. Yeah. But we're just, she was just learning on the job. She was. She was learning, learning on the, on the job. job. It's, it's a long that line. It's a long. What other lines did he pull out? Learning on the oh. job. Oh, and I mean, you know, oh God. quite immature, quite a backward type. Yeah, very green, yeah. very green. Yeah. Yeah, needs more time. Yeah. Can we just go back to actually talking about learning, <laughs> no, learning on no, the job? No, 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 because we're going to reel back to something a bit more interesting. I'm okay. enjoying this. I don't want to go back. Okay, enough. We're going to reel back to go to learning on the job and back to Lady Bothorn because yep. I remember very, very well that day at Lingfield um, in the winter where the word was that there was this filly that Williams that was working well. And who rode her that day to, um, when she uh, when she broke badly and she came from out the clouds? Tom Great Trek. Start of her journey, wasn't it? Yeah. So we go straight with. Let's start right there with Lady Bothorn. And tell us a little bit about from her trajectory from from there on in. Well, that by the time we got there, that was a miracle because she'd run first time at Yarmouth, looked okay. Josie rode her, went back to Yarmouth. Uh, no, we went back to Yarmouth after. So then she um, she got a fracture on the gallops. And as you guys know, if you have to ring an owner before eight a.m., it's never ever a good call ever. You know. So William Jarvis rings me at about quarter past seven, and you're just like, oh. <sighs> God, what's happened? Yeah. And it's like, you know, the horse box is here, the, the ambulance is here and off she goes. So I'd never seen a horse with a plaster cast, which I wasn't allowed to sign it, which was deeply upsetting. <laughs> and she didn't keep it on for very long. Um, but no, so that set us back, you know. So, you know, what I thought was going to be an exciting three-year-old career didn't start until quite late in her three-year-old year. She then managed to drop Jamie Spencer at the start of her next race at Yarmouth. I think we cracked one of his ribs. She had to do the walk of shame back to the stables. Oh, he didn't write, So she was Oh, withdrawn. no, that was it. She was withdrawn. I mean, bad in the stalls at that point. Yes. Yeah. In steps Yarmy. <laughs> in steps Yarmy. <laughs> absolutely. With 3,000 pink lady apples. And according to Yarmy and Lady Bothop, no other apple is available. <laughs> I once dared to give her a Brayburn and she spat it out. Which I, I mean, I like a Brayburn, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so no, in steps Yarmy. And yeah, we sort of went from there. It, it wasn't easy though. It really wasn't. You know, Lingfield was good, but we had various problematic, trips to Pontefract and Newmarket. Yes. Pontefract didn't Sylvester ride her that day? Yeah. And she was trapped wide. Yeah. It yeah, it was just brutal. It was brutal. 
And then you have Ryan Roder in Newmarket and that didn't go very well. And it felt like everything was stacked against her. You know, we couldn't get a break. And then, yeah, she did show that, you know, the ability that William kept telling me she had really did come through at Lingfield. And, and then we got going. So we went to... At what, stage, at what stage did the shoe step in? The shoes? The shoe, the shoe. Oh, the shoe, sorry. I was yeah. like, shoes? No, no, the shoe. Kieran Schumacher. He, I'm trying to think, quite soon after that, he got involved. I mean, so when we ran at Ascot, which was in 2020, um, what was that? The Valiant Stakes. And it was like serious COVID. I was there on my own. I mean, Ascot on your own. And there were probably 20 people there, 20 owners. It's hor- it's horrendous. I went to the loo and thought I may never make it back. It was like being in the accused or something with no people. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. They're not going to find me till next season. Um, but he rode her that time. And, you know, she did, I think that weekend, Enable ran as well at Ascot on the Friday. I think Valiant was on the Sunday, maybe. And Lady Bothop had the fastest final furlong of every of any horse, I think, that weekend. And the way she pretty much went last to first, like a rocket, hmm. it was a real downer that I couldn't couldn't hug anyone. Literally, I, I mean, I hugged some random people in the stand. It was probably quite worrying for them. Uh, they'd got masks on; it was okay. And so, yeah, it went it went from there. And then, obviously, you know, twenty twenty one. Started at the Dahlia, which she won, and then the Lockinge, which for me was probably oh, that was. I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous, and Goodwood was fantastic, but her coming second in the Lockinge to Palace Pier was just that moment where I'm like, oh my God, she's a proper she horse. Really she really is a proper horse. I was so proud of it, and it was really unfortunate. Yeah, for Kieran that he he rode Pogo in that race, yeah, and you know he rang me up and was you know so apologetic. And I'm a big believer in karma, and I'm like, you know what, you have your thing with the Woodwards. You need to do that. I'm you. You remain her jockey as far as I'm concerned, but you're doing the right thing. Karma will out. And Oshin obviously gave her a great ride because you know she put up a proper fight. I was so proud of her. Mm. I know I said I wasn't going to jump in too much, <laughs> but I can't resist. Your trainer was a magnificent part of the story that year with his emotions worn on his sleeve. Absolutely. And I'll never forget the July festival of Falmouth oh. where William was very emotional, understandably. I think I was the probably the calmer one of the two of us, for sure. And just, you know, I, I mean, I get it because for me, this is still a relatively new journey. I think I'm nine years in journey that sounds so wanky doesn't it but it is it's still quite new I'm still learning stuff people stand around talking about horse I'm like I don't know what you're talking about I know about what I know and and I'm trying to learn more you know William had waited a really really long time for a really good horse and so when the opportunity is there and you know sod's law is it just takes it away you know that run at the Falmouth I've watched it as William has, and I'm sure Kieran has many, many times. And I don't know what Kieran could have done any differently to have changed the outcome. And it's frustrating when you believe that your horse probably was the best in the race. Certainly she was better than, you know, the place that she came. But yeah, you know what? Ups and downs are the are part of this, aren't they? They're part of the fun of it and and William's emotion and, and the whole vibe of the yard. It was such a special place to be. 
because you've got you know people that have worked really hard and a lot of the time were going to Wolverhampton or Chelmsford or you know Kempton on a Tuesday night to be going to the loveliest places and going to Goodwood and going to Newmarket, uh, you know, and then going to Deauville, which we don't need to dwell on. Which is um, why Goodwood was so good after yeah. what happened. That's what made it such a feel-good story. The whole town was thrilled for the filly, or the mayor, and for connections, weren't we? It was just one of those, right, got you right there if you love the sport. Yeah, I mean, just going to Goodwood, let's fin- finish on Goodwood because, you know, it was a, it was a, everyone, I, I was there, I don't know if you were there, Charlie, there. we were there. It was a very, very special moment on a, on a, on a racetrack. And um, what was so amazing is uh, turning for home, and he had his feet on the dashboard and she was absolutely carting down the hill, wasn't yeah. she? Just just, just reflect on that for us for, for a moment because it was, I imagine it was a moment where everything slowed down and it all, you just sort of, were you able to take it in or did it all happen very quick? I, I was watching, I was sitting in the stand between James Toller and Luca Kumani and I don't, I start screaming and shouting at the end, but for quite a lot of it, I was really silent. And I think there were cameras on me and, and I don't think I was doing what they needed me to do. I wasn't good telly <laughs> you were like, at all. You're like the queen, you're like the queen for the gold cup. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and then there was a point where, and the, the angle was slightly weird. So you, it's, it's so frustrating when you can't actually see what's going on. Exactly. But I remember Luca saying to me, you've got this. And I'm like, oh my God. It was just, it was incredible. It was an amazing experience. And you know what, the the love at Goodwood of the, the sort of outpouring for the for the mayor and for William particularly, and for Kieran, because it was his first group one, you know, and for, for me, because it was, you know, that was nice. It was, it was really special and it couldn't have happened at a more beautiful place. And then, you know, you go up into Lord March's box and drink some more champagne and- There aren't many times. I've been to a race course where that was, I've seen that. I mean, like, I can name them on one hand. Frankel, Henry Cecil. When you won the Magnolia Cup. <laughs> that, that actually was, that was, that was, that was utterly was ridiculous. Big. I'm being no, it was, it was big. I've never, ever, I mean, that was completely ludicrous. But that but was, was just... more for, it was for Khadija, not oh, for Oh, yeah, him, of course. Yeah, I don't think they knew who trained them. <laughs> Are you joking? I thought I was a big part in that story. And Ollie Bell. No, there was well, there was Khadija, <laughs> then there was Ollie Bell. Yeah. Then there was, then the there nice was Havilland. Ollie Bell was Havilland. Havilland. I was down there. Yeah. yeah, and true. then apparently you were there too. No, that's cool. No, sorry, I jumped in, but it was a special, it was a cauldron in there. It was. Of emotion. Yeah. I've no, I've, very rarely do you get that kind of reception. It was absolutely amazing. It's all I just about remember Goodwood, watching isn't it? it going, yeah. Goodwood's a special race. Course. I'd say shares in. Marlboro red cigarettes have dropped significantly since Lady Bothorp got retired. <laughs> does William's fat. William does love her. He does love a Marlboro yeah. red. And yes. um, with the, 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 the new chapter is very much alive and kicking. You have literally, you've been up to Fittix to see her with yeah. her cult, her Dubawi cult, cult yes. foal, who looks pretty special. I haven't seen him in real life yet. I'll see, I'll see him when he arrives on the box. <laughs> <laughs> No need, to, no need to see him before. Exactly. Um, you has, would have the audacity to put your name down for that as well, wouldn't you? I put my name yeah, down for it. Like, certainly not going to yes, get it. Yeah. Um, but no, but seriously, how... You'd um, be praying William retires between now and then, won't you? You I really think you'd have a chance as well. I'll be a multiple group one winning trainer by the time he hits the track. No, on a serious note, how's, how's it been deciding where to send this wonder mare? And obviously, you know, the reality is the expense of these vast... Vast yeah. superstar covers, and was it an easy choice to go to Dubai and 
How's, how are you feeling about the next one as well? It's, uh, it's never an easy choice when you're having to commit. And, and we, there's no point being coy about what it costs because anyone can, look, can it look it up. It's not yeah. a secret. So, you know, that foal that's rushing around like a lunatic in a paddock about a mile and a half from here is £250,000 plus all the keep for its mum and it and the vets and all, you know, all the rest of it. He's a lovely, lovely colt. He really is. And and Sarah and Luca are really happy with him. And it's such, it's a completely different world looking at foals than looking at yearlings even. So I'm slowly learning what you need to look for. But everyone's saying that he's great and he's so full of himself. He's so confident. And when he got, they, he and Lady B were in a stable when I went to see them and then let them out. And he is just running around causing havoc and the rest are going, oh, really, do we have to? So I'm really happy with him. Oh, you know, it was interesting. He came out chestnut, wasn't expecting that. Uh, you know, two brown parents, but Who's there you go. Who's to now? She's back to Dubawi. So yeah, she's uh, got a nice live foal inside her again. Do you know what? Do you know when do you find I I it's probably a know next a week. Reveal. Doing a baby reveal probably next week. Are you? Yeah. Are you going to push the do the pop the balloon or do a cake with it? We're going to do a balloon, a huge like I'm going to see if I can get the Goodyear blimp overhead <laughs> and explode it <laughs> over Fittux because I think that would be really good. And, with you know, Matt, Matt Chapman yeah. doing commentary. Matt Chapman will commentate and it will spring out blue or pink confetti. And it'll be great. You should get Matt to like spray his hair pink or blue on like for a live reveal. Well, why not? There's lots of good ideas. There's so Emma, many good ideas. Emma, what's triggered this? You you say you're nine what, years into bad this. ideas, yeah. You're nine years <laughs> into all this. What what actually brought you into the sport at that point nine years ago? What was it that you know? I got you... told, I think, by my dad that I was really quite boring and one-dimensional. For work, all I did was work and I should do something else. I, I was already sort of, I was quite keen following Luton Football Club. Um, soon to be promoted Luton. Could, could go up. Could go up. Do you go? Do you go to Kenilworth yeah, Road? Yeah. All the time. All the time. Yeah, I hope, I, you know, that's my plan. Who are you going to, who you're, you're going to go through in third, We're definitely you? third. You're definitely third. So yeah. you play the bottom team. Yeah. Which is. Well, currently Millwall, six is Millwall. Yeah. I know. That's not easy. None of it's easy, though. It's I mean, not. you play... It's very difficult to go out through the playoffs. Yeah. Only a very, very good football team really? go through the playoffs. I mean, I, I, yes. Yeah. And you, then come possibly and then straight possibly back down. And then come straight back down. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I don't Lady know. Lady Bothorpe and Luton, these are Lady, Well, Lady Bothorpe actually sponsored Harry Cornick last season while he was playing for us. <laughs> so every time he scored a goal, uh, it would be um, sponsored by Lady Bothorpe. Uh, he's your star, or was your star striker, or one of your star strikers? He was strikers. one of our stars. He's now, yeah, he's he's left us, but he loves horse racing, so we're still in touch. It's Carlton great. Morris, of course, is your Carlton's new hero. doing fantastically. Uh, Adebayo's doing amazingly. So aside from Sorry, not having anyway, any interest to, so apart had, from football and music, yeah. you decided... Resident. I mean, I come, my my parents are not horsey, but my grandfather was master of hounds and trained some racehorses for himself and bred and owned. And the Sydney Banks hurdle at Huntingdon is named after him. And then uh, my uncle was member of the jockey club, chairman of Huntingdon, steward at Newmarket, so on and so forth. So I'd sort of grown up around racehorses a little bit, had horses while I was growing up, loved ponies. I mean, I'd loved the grooming and the feeding and the bandaging and all that stuff, probably more than the riding. 
And yeah, about nine years ago, I was like, okay, I'll get a horse. And so I was actually in New York during the horses in training sales. Uncle Michael was still alive. He had a few horses with William Jarvis, which is how I came to be with William. And they went off to the horses in training sales. And I got a phone call going, we've bought you a horse. Um, I think he cost about 20,000 guineas called Lackaday. He was a two-year-old from Mick Shannon. Oh, yeah. And um, I remember going, my first question was, what color is it? And they said, gray. And I said, okay, I'll have it. That was based, that was what that was based on. He was a uh, Kailaki. And yeah, he did, all, I mean, he did all right. You know, he won when I was away again over New Year. And um, he got me in, he got me involved. He got me hooked. And so I bought a, I bought a yearling, a Mason yearling, because I desperately wanted to name a horse, which, as George knows, I didn't realise was such a painful process. And now, oh, literally, just, trainers are like, no, no, we need to enter it. It has to have a name. What is the name? Yeah. I find it so hard to name horses. Um, anyway, this, unfortunately, got lame, had assistance, stifle. I paid for it to go to hospital. It came out. As soon as we started with him again, he went lame again. The cyst had come back. So I remember I was in Bogota with Florence and the machine. I was on the phone to the vet and, and he was like, it will never be sound. So I'm, I burst into tears. I'm having breakfast with Florence and the machine's manager. She's like, are you okay? Do you need to go home? I'm like, no, I'm not going home. <laughs> I mean, the horse doesn't even know me. Yeah. So no, I'm staying. Um, so no, that happened. And I also that year bought Wimpole Hall, who was a two-year-old uh, in training at Williams Yard that Clive Washbourne had that he was getting out of. And William really loved Wimpole Hall, thought he was really good. So bought him and he's been an, he was an amazing horse for me, so, you know, sort of consistently rated in the eighties, took me to some really great places, Ke you know, kept racing. He's now, he's just fully retired. He was at Williams for a year and a half after we took him out of racing. He was the lead horse for Lady Bothorpe a lot of the time in 2021. And he's now back at my cousin's and learning how to be normal. And I think quite, I went to see him last night. He's, I think, doing quite well being normal. So that's how I got into it. And yeah, it just started going from there. Then, you know, you, then you've got a yearling, then you've got a two-year-old, then you've got a three-year-old, then you need another yearling, then you want a girl, then you want a grey one. You still love then, a grey horse. I love all it's horses. It's never worn off. You no. still, you're sort of a sucker for a grey. I am a sucker. Yeah, well, you, you know it. You keep going, look, I've just seen this grey horse. I know you don't want any more horses, but look at this grey horse. Surprise me. Yeah. It is shameless. We need, is we need numbers. George Scott textbook <laughs> on how to sell a horse. Oh, I just found this most lovely grey horse. Have, oh, we do have one grey horse. So everything was going so swimmingly. Yes. How on earth did it end up going downhill and ending up with this fella on my left-hand side? It wasn't through Why choice. It was not with, through choice. We met, really. we met at an, at you a, an, had an event. You had a lovely trainer in William. You had a lovely French trainer in David. Yeah. French Dave. Dave yeah, Dave French started. Dave. French Dave. Why have you, what happened? Well, do you know what happened? Chris Wright, our mutual friend, Chris Wright, is the person that keeps introducing me to these new young whippersnapper trainers. Well, who's the most recent one? Don't tell oh, me. No. Don't, oh, don't, no. Don't break my heart. No, no, no. It's all right. I haven't done it this year. Okay. I got outbid. I got outbid. So, so the Nordoff and Robbins Music Therapy, of which I am a trustee, we do a race day every year. And we went to last year. Yes, you did. And you very you kindly a put a share. Which is running tomorrow. Absolutely. The yeah. magnificent Holy Fire. Yeah. 
as well, opposed we'll to the other one. Year's as opposed to the other one. <laughs> yeah, I know we've got to. So we, we're, we're we'll to talk, talk about that. that. <laughs> um, so this year's one, and, and the race day was on Friday, sand down, right. racing got cancelled, but we still went ahead and I think made more money. I think we made nearly £140,000, which was incredible for such a great charity. The horse this year was a horse called Atlantis Blue with George Baker, who's actually a four-year-old. Anyway, I got outbid by Neil Warnock, who is another trustee of the charity, Good. who bought Thank the God share in... In your in the podcast, oh, not, last Neil, year. not football, Neil Warnock. No, not no. football, Neil Warnock. No, great, music, great, yeah. music mogul. I'd, Neil I'd love Warnock. a hairdresser from him after Holy Fire runs a porn. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Warnock. So, but no, so that the first horse I got in in that, which was twenty five percent of a horse with Chris Wright, because so he Chris puts twenty five to fifty percent of a horse in. You pay the charity, he pays the training fees for a year if you sell it, whatever was a horse called Maroon Bells, which is how I met David Minutio. David Minutio, as I call him. Yeah. And or French year, Dave. French like Dave, as him. you call him. Yeah. And then I think it must have been the year after that he put a uh, lovely sort of roni-coloured horse with a young young new market trainer called George Scott. And I bid on that. And, and I had a full that. cardboard cutout. We had a full we? cardboard cutout of the horse. I think that probably... Occasionally went faster than the actual hawk. Um, <laughs> he won at Chepstow. He did. He did. He was a seven grand breezer. Okay. Yeah. What was the horse called? Music mus- therapist. Mu- music therapist, okay. yeah. That was quite an easy one to name. I was yeah. like, may as well name it something that's relevant to where we got it. And that's yeah. how I met George. It's a good name, that. Yeah, yeah it was a good name. He was a, he was a tough horse to train. He was very much a breeze up horse. He was very keen. Really? But anyway, we won a, we won a little race, and it started a you know a blossoming relationship. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but we also we had such fun. Uh, Charlie and I, we went to Ch- Charlie fulfilled his lifelong dream, and we went to Falls the other night with with Emma. I say the other night. How long ago was that now? Falls. Uh, it was quite. A long it was about a year ago. Yeah, we were but, doing that we're in May. Some. But tell us just a little bit about how you. The, the horse racing obviously is massively secondary to your frenetic, frenetic job, where, which yeah. takes you all around the world. And well, the one that pays for the horse racing the and the breeding. Yeah. And just tell us a little bit about your day-to-day, week-to-week, because it's very different to our day-to-day, week-to-week here at Newmarket. Yeah, well, my, I mean, I to a certain extent, my, my job is a lot of desk job. It's sitting, emails, phone calls, just plotting and planning where the... I was about to say, call them horses. They're not. They're musicians. They're fans. <laughs> where they're going to go, where they're going to tour. You know, we're working so far in advance. So I've got, you know, touring that we're looking at for Paramore and Green Day and Foles and people for next year already and getting to the point where we can... Do you look after Paramore? Yeah. Do you? I do. Quite like their new stuff. It's great. It's good, isn't it? It really Why is. Why did you go to camp then? You're like, quite like their new stuff. Was that camp? Yeah, I didn't it. think it was that camp. Can you explain the camp? difference no. to me between agent and manager? You said you were sat with a manager of Florence and the Machine. You're an agent? I'm an agent. How does it so differentiate? The manager is sort of involved in every facet of the artist's life. So they'll go and work with the record company and they'll do the merch deal. And they're also, you know down either getting an assistant for the artist so that someone feeds the cat when they're on tour or the manager sometimes if they're not that you know big as an artist yet the manager's helping out literally doing day-to-day life life laundry almost Um, as an agent my job is much more about the live touring side of things also sponsorship deals brand deals endorsement 
it's about, I suppose, taking the artist and their music or the artist, if it's acting, and putting them into all those different areas. So while I'm a, an agent that specializes in music, as a company, I mean, we're the you know, one of the biggest entertainment and sports agencies in the world. So, you know, we can get people's music heard by Tom Cruise or Steven Spielberg if we think that that's the right song to be in Top Gun or whatever it might be you know, video games, you know, you name it, you know, Jennifer Lopez's deal with coach handbags, things like that. So, you know, Katy Perry, client of mine, you know, who does so many things. So her work on American Idol on the TV, that's a CAA deal. You know, her deals that she's got for a sparkling non-alcoholic. Just Eat, drink. did you organise that one? We, yes, the Get Just Eat deal, a... looked like she a pizza. Yeah. She, she looks great as a she pizza. She must have been delighted with you for that. Yeah. So it, it's it's doing all of that stuff. But it means we can have a far wider range of clients. It's a bit more like, it's like being a stallion rather than a broodmare. You get a go at more things. How do you get into that world? How do you actually become an It's hard. It's hard if you, if you have parents that don't know anything about it. I got into it, but I did a food science degree at university and went to Reading, which was the best place in the country at the time for food science. I used to do lots of drama and debating, and that wasn't so good there then. So I got involved in the RAGS organization, you know, the sort of charity fundraising, and we used to organize all the gigs. So I would be in the lab all day, and then I'd be, you know, making sandwiches for the rider and sweeping up the hall afterwards. And I really, I really enjoyed musicians. I liked them as people and you know the mix of sort of art and commerce of putting a show on and back then you know this was you boys won't even know about a time you weren't either before um internet and email so if you needed a photo someone had to post it to you you couldn't just send a jpeg so you got to actually put artwork together because no one could ever really check it that you were doing what they wanted. Stuff like that was really fun and having a P&L and making money out of doing something that was artistic, but I didn't have to be the person singing. So that's really how it started. And when it came to it, much to my father particularly despair, I think, I'm like, I want to do this. I didn't want to be an agent to start with. I thought they were pretty scummy. Still do some of the time. No, not really. I love them. But that was the job that I was able to get. So I wrote a lot of letters and a guy called Ian Flukes, who had a company called Wasted Talent, who was, he was one of the top music agents at the time and looked after U2 and Simple Minds and Simply Red and the Eurythmics and the Clash. Amazing, amazing roster. The Clash. Yeah. I got to go and work with him and I've just done the same thing over and over ever since. How cool is that? Um, thank you for your time. You've been fantastic. Just last thing, tell us a little bit about what you've got in training with William and what you with David. And obviously, we've actually been talking about Lieutenant Rascal today. Oh, great! Because he's a horse I quite like, as you is know. Is he Lieutenant or is he Lieutenant? I don't know. Is what is the well, name? It? It's Lieutenant. Isn't I think it? it's Lieutenant. I mean, Lieutenant. Just let's do it properly. Okay, fine. Name checked. <laughs> <laughs> but what have we got to look forward to um, away from away from the horses? That away we, from yours. Well, um, away from the, yeah. the forty-three rated. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, we have got an what, army to look forward to. Actually, stopping you from sleeping at night. Uh, what? Do you know what? If I stopped sleeping from at night over this, I wouldn't get any sleep, would yeah. I? So what's the point? If you guys can sleep, then I'll sleep. 
Um, what's good? I've got a really lovely Phoenix of Spain colt with William who just blew my socks off at the sales. Like he was in book two. Um, he's almost white and he just walks like a dude. Have and you named him, Ems? I'm about to. I've actually come up with a name for him. What's he going to be called? I think as long as as long as no one's got it in the last couple of days, I want to call him Glam Squad. Glam Squad. <laughs> and and has, he, has he galloped yet? Don't think so. No. No, we've got a way to go. So he, I'm excited about him. I've got a three-year-old running today, Hakuna Babe. She's running at 3.30 at Yarmouth. Yeah. So by the time anyone hears this, they'll all have gone, oh, you didn't know much about that, did you? Um, but she, she's run once. She ran once at Kempton last year, came fourth. You know, looked like she could be okay. She's, I was obsessed with getting a roaring lion. And so she's okay. my roaring lion. Yeah. And it would be, if she could be good, that would be lovely because then... Is that William? Yeah, yeah. that's with William. Um, no, David's got Mysterious Love who... Did well in, she ran three times last year as a two-year-old in France. She came to Newmarket 10 days ago now and sort of collapsed Kieran Rhoda and said she just didn't handle the dip at all. But she's a nice filly. I think she's she's better than she showed there. She'll get a mark um, now. Yeah, well she, well, she got a mark off. We asked for a mark from France and she got rated 92. She's got, she's two from her. She ran twice. No, she ran three times in France. Oh, did she? So she got raced 92. She's gone down four from the run at Newmarket. Handicap is backtracking a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, she's a nice horse. I mean, I don't think she was probably quite deserving of 92, but. Mm. No, she, she, yeah. Who am I to know? Music highlight this summer. What's coming up work-wise? What's, what's, well, well, I've got. Good question, that. That is a very good question. Oh, there's one in me every episode. Um. I've got um, Muse start big tour, like an almost two-month-long tour end of this month. We start at Plymouth, at, uh, for, at the Plymouth Football Club, homecoming gig for them, which should be fun. I've got, I tell you, the really amazing new artist that we've got. They're called The Last Dinner Party. They've, they've got off to the most enormous start. And we've been working with them for probably a year, maybe even a little bit longer, they put their first single out on Spotify and, and all the streaming services. Uh, it'll be two weeks old on Wednesday. So tomorrow will be two weeks ago. And they are they are so good. Bit Florency, bit Kate Bushy, all women. They're amazing. Last wow. dinner party. So that could the be last big dinner this year. party. I Those think they're going to do really Those well. That's the nap. That's the nap. Okay, good. Like Wonderful. That. Awesome, you're a star. Thank you. Thank you so so much much for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We've mentioned earlier in the podcast that it's the Guineas Festival upcoming. Will you be at Newmarket over the coming weekend, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, guys, with your runners, any other runners, anything we should look at? Yeah, I'm going to run Pridwin in the mile and a half handicap on Saturday. You know, he's obviously a horse that's been re- relatively progressive and ran well at Kempton the other day. So he, he's going to run in that. Interesting. When did, like, when did they sneak in that third day again? It's quite, it's, it's a very good card. It was back in last year because I went on the Friday last year. Oh, was it? I Maybe it was there the year before. Friday. I don't know. No, was it, it wasn't. the COVID thing? I'm not sure. We lost was, it in COVID. I was definitely there last year on the Friday. It is a good card, as you say. So are you racing there Friday or just... I haven't got anything on Friday. Just Saturday, you? I've got one run of Friday... Maybe one runner Saturday, maybe one runner Sunday. I might run my two-year-old that I was to, I, I had intended to run him at Newmarket until I saw the entry. And, you know, funnily enough, before... before Which I, one's this? 
Texas called Lieutenant Rascal, the horse that's kind of been showing up well through the spring. How does he compare to the one that... Well, we thought he was a good bit better than him, but, All right. you know, I'd like to see him go and do it. Oi, oi. Yeah, but he, he he's probably going to run it good with him on Friday now because... Why not Newmarket? Because, like... You're such a pussy. Go to Newmarket. Well, it's a Come 30 on, gram... Make a statement, a 30, for Christ's No, sake. because he's not going to make a statement against those yeah. horses. He's not going to make it. He's a, he's a very... Scott, back in for more the Windsor Castle. He's very well... He's very well bought at this... In my opinion, he's very well bought for, tw- for 20 grand. Looks a very nice horse in a restricted novice company, but he's not going to look a very nice horse in that race on Sunday. Like... I said to the owners beforehand, you know, in past years, last three years, it's been a small field and relative, relatively poor race, that race on Sunday. But before the entry, I said, I bet it'll be a big entry. Everyone seems really far forward with their two-year-olds this year. Two-year-olds are becoming more and more and more of an importance to, to a lot of trainers. There are a lot of good young trainers who are, who are training two-year-olds. And there are a lot of big owners who are concentrating on two-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And as a result, that and you've got Mr. Blue Point knocking around as well, who's just setting the place on fire. And as a result, that entry on Sunday is mental. Mm. 20 of some of the best owners, best trainers, best, best most expensive horses. Who's got entry? I haven't seen. I mean, just every, like all of the big two-year-old guys do and all of the big two-year-old owners. And Charlie's for the first time in the last few years, has got a runner. And apparently it's an absolute rocket, a Blue Point colt. Which it would be, wouldn't it? If Blue Point's winning five out of the first six races or whatever, and Charlie's Charlie's running on Guinea Sunday, he's going to be the best mm. Blue Point, isn't he? Because yeah. mm. he'd have had the pick of them. Mm. So my my Lieutenant Russell, he might run on Friday. I think he'll need a run, but I would expect him to be winning sec- what, second time out. Well, Newmarket, as you just indicated, ruthlessly competitive. So are there other horses in the Scott and Fellows yards we should be looking out for elsewhere? If not this weekend, then in, in the month of May. This is going to go out a bit too late, isn't it? Because Holy Fire runs tomorrow at Kempton. Oh, great. What, what sort Annoying. of chance would she have? She's got a great chance. She's eight runners, drawn three, Brilliant. in good form. Phillies only, restricted race. What trip? Six. Seven. Six. Yeah. Great. Who's riding her? Callum. Great. Well, by the, this is no point dwelling on this because it would have, yeah, it would yeah. have been out and hopefully would have hopefully had a positive she's result. Up. Yeah. would be nice. What else have we got? Two-year-olds. I'm looking forward to getting some two-year-olds out. I think they're... Mine look like quite. An, I worked a load on the lime kilns on Saturday, and they look like they look like quite a nice bunch. We'll pick one out. There's a little high clear filly called Bespoke, who's an Ardad. When I say little, she is small, but at the moment looks like she goes like shit off a shovel. Where's she running? Wow, <sighs> you're gonna hate this. Not you're Newmarket. Gonna, why are you doing that? Ascot. There's a restricted fillies race at Ascot. Maybe Friday, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. And I might send her there. Yeah. Well, look, I mean... It's where Eve Lodge started off. It's the same race Eve Lodge started off in. You're still in credit for Eve Lodge, just. Maybe. She might go there. I don't know. We'll see. Well, that's as good a spot as any for Highclere. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Well, you ran George Scott, I ask it. Yeah. He ran quite well. He ran okay. Yeah. I wrote a couple of... A few two-year-olds today, and there was a nice... I've got a nice horse called Watch My Tracer who might run at some point, and another quite nice one called Cowboy Stuff, who might run at start at a Chester May meeting, uh, both owned by, by Sheikh Nasser. Not expensive horses, but quite like them. So. Napping then, chap. So what's the nap for the uh, upcoming week, month, whatever? We won't be back in situ till the end of May, so stick us one up that's going to win before we sit down again in four weeks. If there's a three-year-old in my yard that is well handicapped, I'd say the best handicapped of them is a filly called Fits Perfectly. Oh my gosh, really? What? Fits perfectly. What yeah. mark did she get this morning? 
67. Okay. You're going to run her in 65? Uh, no, there's a 0 to 70. Don't run her in like a 0 to 85. No, no, there's a 0 to 70 at Windsor. Okay. Absolutely spot. No, she ran well the other day. She ran well. Way too short. She, she'll stay 10 furlongs. I think she's... Really? Well, yeah, I think she will, yeah. Well, Nona never had a winner yesterday over 10 furlongs at the Curragh, didn't he? I know three. that. He's an amazing exactly. stat. Yeah. What an amazing So stat, I actually think she might turn out to be pretty well handicapped. Yeah, for me, I'd probably go with that two-year-old, Lieutenant Rascal, but I just don't know if he's going to be streetwise first time. So so maybe just keep an eye on him second time out. Uh, hold on. You must have about 200 horses that are thrown in off 45. I have got a couple, yeah. Got I've got a horse called King Kraken, who's probably quite well handicapped. So he's the other one you'd suggest? That's- yeah. Uh, and uh, Premier League will have finished by the time we sit down. So will Nottingham Forest be a championship side or still in the Premier League when we uh, sit down in a few weeks? Right. So Southampton, down. We agree? agree. Yep. Leeds, Gone. massive trouble. They won't pick yep. up another point. They Their games slamming. are really difficult. So are They're in trouble. Everton's running tough. We play Southampton next Monday. We today, what day are we? Where? St Mary's? No, at, at City Ground. Three points. We have got... If, if, if we don't get three points there, one point is not enough. No. We have to get three points there. Are you going? If we get three points... I don't know. It depends what I run at Windsor that day. Win that, stay up. Win that, I think all we'll need is one more point. We've got Chelsea away who are playing abysmally. I mean, abysmally. We have, not Liverpool, Arsenal at home who are struggling and we're at home. And then Palace away, which is a hard game. What will they have to play for? They won't have anything to pay for by then. All we will need is a point. We need to beat up. Southampton and then we need a point. Leeds will not get another point. Everton are in big trouble. I think Leicester will stay up. Um, can I say one thing? If they go down, your team, yes. would it affect your day? If they go down, do you, like, do you wake up in the morning going, no. like, oh my God, it's no. a bad day? No, 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 no. no. Not like a runner. Like a runner, if yeah, one yeah. Go, it will really, especially if there's something that has annoyed me, like something's gone wrong or something like that, then that would really, no. If you must have had down, quite a few bad days. <laughs> Can we just, one other football note, Manchester City win the treble or not? 100% yes. What, win the treble? 100%. 100%. 100%. Well, they've won, the, they've won the Premier League. They've they... got to beat United. They'll trash United. They've got to get through Real Madrid away. Yeah, that's quite a big statement saying that they're a certainty for the Champions I didn't say they are. No, if I... You said 100%. I think means they will. certainty. Okay, I think they will. Yeah, I think they will. I, I really hope they do. It's appropriate. I really want a wonderful to. side. Yeah. Why do you really? Who, why do you care so much? That's like he's it. friends with Pep. Or I really like Pep Guardiola. Yeah, I think he's too. a great guy. Me too. Have you met him? Exactly right. No. No. See, I know him very well. I met him several times. Lovely guy. He's trying to work out whether that's bullshit. No. He's trying to work. We really enjoyed recording episode three of series five. In particular, it was great chatting to our special guest, Emma Banks. A big thanks to Emma for coming and joining us. A big thanks too to Fitstairs for all their ongoing support of our podcast. We'll be back just in time for the Derby. Until then, thanks to our producer, Carl Homer from Cambridge TV. On behalf of George and Charlie and myself, thanks very much for taking the time to listen. Goodbye. Goodbye.